Welcome to the Digital Ninjas Podcast. Today, Corinne and I talk with Michael Waldenjack, an inspiring data practitioner who shares his perspective on his day-to-day delivering value on the digital journey. Enjoy the episode. The Digital Ninjas Podcast continues to showcase relevant digital topics. But did you know that one of our main purposes include bringing on real, down-to-earth data leaders, data practitioners in the day-to-day of data who are passionate about helping others. Well, today, we make good on that promise. And what fun would our journey be if we don't get to know the people that you're on the journey with? Corinne, why don't you get us started and introduce today's guest? Sure thing, Leah. I invited Michael to join us today. He is a friend of mine where we met at a prior work experience. Michael is a data scientist. He has vast knowledge and skills in Alteryx. When I first met him, I was a novice to that tool and I was just learning it for the first time for a project that I was working on. And I couldn't quite get it to do what I wanted it to do, even though I went through webinar training. He quickly jumped in to assist me and he taught me uh, how to use it and how to not only take my data, put it into the tool, but you know, massage it, clean it a little bit, get it to be more consistent in how I was trying to leverage it. He also has a lot of knowledge and experience in Power BI. He builds dashboards. He has programming skills using Python. And so we quickly became friends because I love to chat about all of those things. Hi, Michael. So happy to have you on our podcast. Please tell us more about yourself and how you got into data. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to join you guys. And I actually have a sort of like, a, I guess, a circuitous way of, of getting into data. I had to leave engineering school to get my full-time MBA. So I was kind of, you know, I retired. I hung up the jersey from engineering, decided I want to go into business school. That's when I learned about this concept of business intelligence. And, you know, big data was at that time was everywhere. You know, it was all kind of brand new to the scene. And I just took a couple of classes from a business perspective. And then really, it just you know kind of caught fire from there was really interested in it and kind of like backed my way into a kind of a, a typical data scientist role now I'll call it those youngsters they can graduate from you know many different um, uh, colleges universities what have you with the finally minted degree in you know analytics or uh, data science so it's more formalized it's kind of structured and I guess more importantly from a hiring manager perspective it's you know a stamp of approval like okay this person passed X Y and Z or has exposure to these classes and courses now as opposed to you know when I was working and trying to get my way into it it's just a kind of a hodgepodge of stitching together various different skill sets and various different exposure to tools you know there's pockets of people that use Alteryx that really like it but there's tons of tools out there it's really helpful in the industry so you know on top of that yeah just really kind of backed my way into it i guess kind of took it day by day and there was no real like paved way to really get into data scientist i don't know if it's the most efficient way but it was my own path so that's the way i chose (laughs) it's interesting that you bring again the perspective on how important coming from different parts of business or even from engineering that logical process bringing that shared diversity from a different, and you mentioned about a hiring manager, knowing that you have the ability to run skills, but that you have additional exposure to business processes or processes in general across a business, that brings value and tools can be learned. Again, there's tons of tools out there. There's people using different tools, different companies using different tools, but that conceptually of being able to aggregate that data, again, your experience can come from different places. In the 
work in industry, it's the application of the tools and you kind of get a, like a specialty. Like for instance, I'm working on a supply chain project. There's just a lot of vocabulary and business acumen that I'm kind of learning and picking up and uh, you can get in a feel for the different products. And uh, that's also the sort of where you really have to lean on someone from the business to say, like we literally had a meeting earlier this morning to say like, Pedigree dentistics, everyone kind of knows about it because there's always a supply constriction about it. But, you know, a layman like me, not knowing much about that specific product is pretty much blind unless someone tells me about it. So, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is just like the the application and kind of like getting your hands dirty is just as important as the actual the academic uh, skill sets as well. That is brilliant. Being a digital ninja is just that. My skills are transferable. I had a stint in logistics. Super love that data, but you're absolutely right. You have to partner with your business who knows that lingo, who knows that acumen, but you bring the data aggregation skills and tools to make them successful. That synergy that I embrace so much, as do you. I would also add that everybody has this idea that data scientists can mine through data and come out with these magical insights for either predictive analysis or um, some monetization of a hidden data point that stringing it together, all of a sudden, you know, it becomes magical. That business knowledge is equally important to have. And the fact that you marry the two together, I think, even though you say your journey to today's date was not the typical path, I think that that having those two skills married together and the fact that you understand business and business processes uh, makes you successful. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like it too. After a while, I'm kind of like, all right, cool. Once I kind of know the systems, know what's going on, then like it all comes together and you feel more empowered about it for sure. I see it in your eyes. I know <laughs> listeners who can't see his eyes, but you can see it in his eyes. And it just it, it just warms my heart. Again, that passion behind helping others, that passion behind let me learn about what the business needs are and then let's see how we can empower. That's what I love that word. It's empowering. Yeah. And I was going to say on top of that, I think probably one thing that is I'll embraces my advantage is sort of my shameless asking of questions where not af- I'm not afraid of the astray look or like people questioning like, oh why don't they know that I am pretty shameless in terms of asking any and all questions underneath the sun just because you know there is no uh, dumb question per se <laughs> and it's all just part of like the learning process how do you train that in others that are coming up you have to ask the questions actually as a data scientist it's your job to ask questions. It most certainly is, yeah, because that's because then you get stuck in this kind of gray area where you're enabled, you can do stuff, you've done it before, or maybe you, you have the academic experience. To, you know, a university says you're capable of doing it, but you know, until you kind of know where to how to apply it. What I think is really cool, you know, especially back in the days when Michael and I were working together, but we sat near each other and we would have our coffee conversations. What's going on in your world? You know, what are you working on? And Michael would share these stories that I always thought were fascinating. What's the problem or use case that you're that you're enlisted to solve? Real life examples. How you approach the business problem or the business ask and then your steps to what the outcome was. We're working on a project right now with a team where a lot of products are operating in an area of just restricted supply chain. We're scoping out this project. We kind of juxtaposed kind of spectrum of different customers where obviously different in terms of volume sold. But so one thing that we're developing is just this optimization model, which is 
mixed integer optimization model, it'll solve an equation that says like, yes, we're trying to produce as much possible. So product you know, needs to get sold. We have to deliver that to a schedule of customers. So it has to go in an order, but it also needs to minimize the cost that gets uh, applied to us. So, so we're trying to operate and we're trying to maximize in one point, but minimize another on a day-to-day basis. So that's what I'm working on right now. It's a really interesting scenario. The two hardest parts is just kind of understanding the model, but also rolling it out because there's a lot of different players at the table. So, you know, we, we have to like walk through dry runs of like, hey, how does this look like if we, and this is what we did this morning, where it's like, we're going to cut X, Y, and Z help please, you know, A, B, and C. You know, what does that mean for the customer service reps who are the face of these customers? Yes, we have a a model that says what you should do, but there's that human side too. We have supply chain analysts that need to know, like they've created the forecasts for these customer supply reps. So they need to be informed because now we have a model that's telling us what to do in the heat of the moment kind of deal. So there's a lot, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of players involved, a lot of people to be informed when it comes to the actual put into production, rolling it out. So on paper or behind the laptop screen, it looks cool. It makes sense. Applying it is a whole lot different. So in theory, it should help out tremendously, but application and, you know, applying it can, there's just a lot of people invited to the party where everyone has to like dance together at the same beat of the drum. So. But as the data scientist, I'm sensing your empathy that you understand that the data you're seeing how that's all connected. And I think there's there's value to that. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's just, I mean, that we've been working on this project, get into production. Well, there's a lot of stuff to consider and everyone needs to be aligned. And now's the time to like gain alignment and ask the questions because for it to work seamlessly, so flash forward, this will be up and running for a couple fiscal periods. The people who are making the adjustments and getting to a good spot, we'll see. It feels good. <laughs> I just find this really interesting. And in that process, Michael, how easy or difficult is it to obtain the data and trust the data and or know what the data is is even meaning? I mean, you mentioned working with the business SME because you were unfamiliar with the product itself or maybe the, the data points around the product itself. And so that knowledge is very helpful in order to build these operationalization models However, data specific, how many systems were you looking at? And would you say the quality of data is good? If it's not good, what are the steps or processes to um, either massage, cleanse? Yeah, so thankfully for this project, we are taking all of our source data from our one source of truth. There's just going through a minimal transformation. You know, it's pretty clean. So there's not a lot of human intervention there. That's about as as good as it gets, specifically because it comes from this ERP system. It has to have the same look across, you know, whoever's querying against it. Thankfully, you know, we're using that as our primarily our a primary source of, uh, of information and it's been pretty useful there are elements of like you know when you look at data and there's elements of like well why is it that like yes it data is accurate but the kind of the why why is it doing that and it's it's the people the, the customer supply reps who have been working with the customer and they know why i just want to say that you're very lucky and to work where there is a single source of truth and that it is trusted yes if that was not true then we would really wouldn't know where to start <laughs> You mentioned a lot of tools. Do you have a favorite feature of the tools that you work on? Yeah, this may sound funny, 
and I use it a lot. There is a feature in Alteryx called the email tool. And while it sounds really basic, you know, you can do an analysis and just like automatically email results to whomever, you know, carry the attachment inside the body of the email. I just think it's like incredible in terms of the human consumption of whatever you're doing, whether that's like a visual or, you know, model output. But I just like this kind of like really sort of like put a bow on it by emailing out your results. It's really cool when you work in one project and you're just, you're just literally pressing run. But the key there is just, I never have to revisit it because it's it's being updated by fields in the data. So it's always looks brand new. So every week I'm running it, it's just kind of coming out automatically. And I don't know why. I just like, like that nice like ribbon on the, on the box, on the present, where it's like, I just think it's really cool, a cool feature. It's kind of overlooked. I would add that it's efficiency that we probably say, oh my gosh, this means the world to me, even though it's such a tiny little feature. Absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you, Michael. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Oh, I don't I don't think so. I really enjoy just, you know, I guess it's a little bit self-serving, but talking about projects that I'm working on. And thanks for letting me express my happiness with that project. Sure. Any anytime. Anytime you want to share your projects and your experiences, come back on. So, Michael, where can our listeners find you on the socials? You know, I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can search uh, Michael Wallenjack. Instagram's fine too. My handle is mwall, the number four for you, but happy to connect with anyone there. All right, podcast listeners, let us know what you think and to submit a question or a guest name for a future episode, get in touch at openingbellventures.com or email us directly here at digitalninjas at openingbellventures.com. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to this podcast, repost and like this episode. And as always, we appreciate you every day of the week. See you on the next episode. Okay, bye. Bye.